Hello, folks. Welcome back to another Loft Podcast. We have got in studio Mr. Brian Shepard. Uh, started off in the music industry, uh, but could not get rid of his absolutely pained love of aviation. So he came back to it and uh, spent a second career building himself up into one of the largest 142 uh, centers in Southern California. Direct competition to us, I might add, but uh, glad to have it. Glad to have him in studio. He's going to talk about uh, his flight instructor days and uh, his love of aviation, which led him to funflights.com, which is his company. Does scenic flights in a travel air here in Carlsbad, and I urge you to uh, take a look at his website and book early, book fast. Um, please welcome with me, Mr. Brian Shepard. Mr. Brian Shepard, it's great to see you, my friend. It's good to see you, Noah. I am so glad that you can go by and do this. <laughs> uh, I will say that when I first started thinking about doing a podcast, aviation-related topics, you were at the top of a very long list. Ah, um, thank you. If you don't mind, can you maybe, prior to aviation, you had uh, quite an esteemed career. Do you mind just hitting the bullet points on what you did prior sure. to get involved in airplanes? No, no yeah, yeah. Um, funnily enough, I, flying was always my first ambition. From the age of six, my dad bought me a 20-minute joyride in an Oster J6 at South End Airport. Brilliant. Brilliant. I can close my eyes right now and fly <laughs> that 20 minutes, all right? This kid, little kid sitting in, the, in this Oster. The um, reason I mention that is it, I'll, I'll, make, I'll refer to that a little later on for you. Um, but I went into the music business. Okay. Okay. <laughs> When I found out I wasn't going to be a pilot because of various factors in my education, shall we say? All right. <laughs> military or civilian? No, uh, uh, well, no, originally military. Okay. All right. Because um, um, everybody has that aspiration. I yeah, think. yeah. Uh, I, you know, I was in the training called cadets, which is a, you move into the RAF from there. Right. And um, but it, it became apparent to me that that was not going to be my course if I did join up. Right. Mine as well. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I joined a rock and roll band instead because it seemed brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. And then uh, decided that, no, oh, from there, I'm not going to be the next Jeff Beck either. So um, 1964, I went and worked in a radio station. And, um, and then 1968, I started in my first record company. And uh, so I had 30-plus years in the music industry. Wow. Wow. And my background is I'm the guy that started in the mailroom. And became the CEO. That's the perfect That's, story. So, and, uh, did that Can you say what company? Yeah, yeah. I, so my, my first record company was um, uh, CBS okay. in London. And from CBS, I went to Philips. And uh, that became Phonogram. And I did various jobs all the way up through label manager, promotion guy, all of that good stuff. And then ended up... Um, 1973, I came here to work for Capitol Records. On the East Coast or the LA? On the West Coast in the, in the okay. big round tower. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hollywood and Vine. Oh, yeah. 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 Everybody's seen that. Yeah. I met my wife there in 1973. And um, they bounced me around all over the place. And then um, I ended up going back to Phonogram. <laughs> and uh, and you were on the A&R side? I was on the A&R side. Oh, that's, that's really what I wanted to do. Right. So out of playing in the band, I, I got to go to a session one day and watch an A&R man at work. I thought, you know what? That's just as close. <laughs> that's, 
that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> Getting paid to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was an A&R man. I was the head of A&R at EMI Abbey Road for a few years. Fabulous. And... Um, uh, so you saw some talent come through those doors. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that was a magical time. It was never to be, incredible. never to be reproduced. Yeah. Again. So my my years were like 1964 to 1994. That was the period that I was actively involved in. The, right. In the business. Um, yeah, I became the, the in England they call it the managing director of uh, Phonogram from '80 to '85, and then I went to A and M Records, uh, LA based uh, operation, but I ran the. UK office, and I was the MD there, and then uh, left there in '90. Uh, got involved in aviation. That's really where I started. So you actually took a gap between your first flight that your your dad bought you, and never did you think about airplanes. I mean, was it ever? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Janine, Janine's my wife. She'll tell you she banned me from making vacation movies. Because, you know, you start shooting, shooting the family on the beach and the next thing it pans up into the sky oh, and there's a black dot, you know, and I'm going, hey, look, that's Concord. And it's just like a little black dot in the sky. Excellent. So, um, but you, you, you didn't do anything with it. Just It was just on your radar yeah, while you I were in the music business. Yeah, I actually started flying in 1980. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the problem with having another career is um, – just time. Sure. Time Especially with that type of and job, that, too. And yeah, it would take off, and I'd have to disappear off for six weeks somewhere. Right. You lose that learning curve. Oh, yeah. You know, so it we really was that. one step forward, two steps back. And right. So it took me it took me a while. But in 90... So you started working on your private pilot's license while you were... <laughs> yeah, I, don't, okay. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get it in 40 hours, is that what you're saying? Not, not, not even anywhere close. <laughs> right. uh, but it was all fun. It was all fun doing right. it. And... Um, uh, so in 90, yeah, 1990, I thought, you know what? Um, I was out of actually running the record company, so I had much more time to myself. And I thought, okay, now I've got to knuckle down and, right. and get this done. Because so it was never it was never a thought that you would not actually do it, right? Correct. You were always going to do it. I was it. always going to do it at some point. And so suddenly here I was with the, some finance and time. Right. And it was like. There's no excuse. Yes, money, money helps with the aviation uh, desires. That's yeah. something that I discovered. <laughs> and, you know, I, <laughs> so, it certainly so helps. I, you know, I made the classic mistake of falling in love with the flight school and buying it. Ah, you took a large fortune and turned it into a small one. Yep. Excellent. So I can attest to that old uh, aviation adage. It's quite true. <laughs> <laughs> but if I recall mm. correctly, which I think mm. most of us have been through as well, you sure had a fun time doing it. Right? Did well, you enjoy that aspect of it? You know, we've we've looked back on those years and said, you know, we don't regret a dollar. Wonderful. It was incredible. Yeah. How long did you do that for? We had that company from ninety uh, to ninety three. We got taken down in the ninety three recession, ninety four oh, recession. Yeah, that was uh, bad. That oh, was bad. it was that was a tsunami. that took out everybody. Tsunami. Yeah, I mean, there was at one time. This was in the UK, of course. Um, That's where your flight school was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah in Stav at Staverton. I was a partner in that. Um, and uh, uh, it went down so fast, so fast. I mean, it was Because like, your, your clients just evaporated, I assume. Oh, the phone right? stopped ringing. I can oh, remember yeah. going in one day and picking up a phone to see if there was a dial tone on the other end of it because <laughs> it wasn't ringing. I mean, oh, it had gone from you know, being crazy. Anyway, that all, that all ended well. Um, and... Uh, 
So I had to go back to the music business for a little bit. Oh, okay. To oh, make you did? some dosh. Yeah. <laughs> Get some of that back. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I ran a management company for, um, um, for a couple of years. And, uh, and then, uh, I felt at the time I was being dragged back to doing something I didn't really want to do. Well, you kind of were, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's no question about it. You had made a conscious decision to leave that business to do something that you wanted to do for your entire life. Yeah. And now you were being dragged back into the, every time they I get out, they pull me back in. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that, that happened. There's one particular event that took place. With, uh, I had an artist that had got a top 40 record and uh, it was going to be her first big TV performance. And so I phoned her up all excited, saying, hey, Juan, you're in the top 40. Congratulations. we got to do this show called Top of the Pops. Right. And that's what we're going to do. I'll send you the itinerary. So I sent her the itinerary for the day, and she phoned me back and just reamed me for not understanding the pressures of what it was like to be an artist. Oh, I see. And I thought, I you know what? I really... <laughs> That sounds like the gentleman we just ran into in the break room. <laughs> really don't need to do this again. <laughs> so we packed up shop. All right. We moved here. Yeah. And uh, we got here in 97. And then I went to Sea Winds. Well, it was actually the Four Winds that there was a Oh, that's store. right. Remember yeah. Four Winds? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was at Palomar Oceanside. No, it was uh, where Magellan is. At, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's Four right. Winds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it, that was the guy. Didn't he take a bunch of money and disappear or something like that? I, I remember that story, but so I, I was I, not there firsthand for it. I, I, and don't worry. We can I, talk trash on this podcast. <laughs> I, I'm going to get sued, oh, Brian. No, don't no. worry about it. There's, oh, I, there's probably two lawsuits already pending I don't listening. know about sitting in the mailbox. <laughs> so I took a couple of lessons there right? Right. We were, and, and, and started working, uh, working on the um, well, I was working on my instrument commercial and then CFI. That was the plan that I right. worked at. So you came over here with your... CAA. Okay. With, with, oh, with, got uh, it. Okay. A VFR private pilot. Sure. Were you able to transfer that over then via no, the I took agreement? My, I mean, <laughs> that's all you get when you come to the U.S. Right. There was no right. reciprocal. <laughs> got it. Okay. So they just knocked you all the way back down. Yeah. Okay. So um, That's pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> and I did most of them. In, in fact, one of your guys here, Russ... He Francesco. He did all my check runs. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. been here forever. Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. trying to get him on the podcast. He refuses. He won't even come in the room. <laughs> Too much exposure. <laughs> I can't get the secret sauce out oh, of him. He's got to have stories. <laughs> oh, most of which he will <laughs> not put in this microphone, I guarantee it. <laughs> uh, so my experience with Four Winds. Um, we owned, uh, Janine and I, we owned a, a Piper Chieftain in the UK. Um, That's quite an airplane, too. Well, we, we, we had a... This is a bit how I learned a bit about manuals and stuff like that. But going back into the UK, we wanted to start, when we got involved with the school, the natural thing to do was to expand it to an AOC or a 135, as sure. they call it over here. Right. And uh, so we bought a Seneca. We bought a Chieftain. Oh, in anticipation of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, and we, we, we actually started. <laughs> and then I heard about, well, you need, you need a manual. <laughs> I mean, I was green. I was completely green. Right. Need a manual. And the CAA said to us, um, well, the CAA, I think, spotted that I was green. <laughs> so right. they said, what you really need to do is write one. Start to finish. So we did. Okay. Yeah. All Start right. to finish. Took a year. I'm sure that it did. And, what uh, a pain. And the day after I submitted that to oh, the CAA, no. 
I get a phone call from a friend of mine on the east coast of England who said, great manual. I said, how do you know about it? He said, oh, the CIA just sent it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Are you serious? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. We just updated the CAA manual for them. It was oh, really that's good. outstanding. Yeah. So anyway, we um, then we got hit with the recession. And then so, so we moved here. The aircraft was still operating successfully. I, I, I managed to get leases on it. Okay, so you still own the, the aircraft. aircraft. I then, still own the aircraft. Yeah. So I flew back. I went. I went back. This was uh, February '98. Picked it up to fly it back here, and I flew it all the way back to here. Wow. Yeah, that was a, that was a boy's own journey. Holy yeah, smokes! Yeah, yeah, uh, it, over a Greenland and such. Yeah, it was my yeah. my friend uh, Martin Barnes from Bristol. We. Did, um, he, I imagine he, there were a few times that you were looking out the window. With, the expanse of water thinking that's a lot of water that's a long helicopter ride it was talking it was bouncing calls to the, from the airlines because because you guys were too loaded oh my hf uh, stopped working i see i see yes i gather i gather your opinions here. i got it i got it and you'd get calls from you know you talk to speedbird whatever and you'd tell them that you were 14.5 and they'd Say you where? Where? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not used to that number. They're not used to that number. Yeah, down there in Indian territory, right? That's... Right. So that was right. a that was a brilliant. Uh, that was uh, thirty four hours of flying. That's exciting. Four days. Yeah. No, that was cool. That was cool. But here's the story. Getting back to forwards, we land. I taxi it round to the big hangar at Magellan. Mm -hmm. And get out, and there's nobody there. Hello? <laughs> Hello? You picked the day. All the instructors are sitting outside looking very gloomy. What's up? <laughs> uh, At that point, you got to start thinking maybe it's you. Yeah, yes, especially when the <laughs> FBI roll up. You know? <laughs> so it's like, oh, well, I guess this... Um, <clears throat> this was another not really good idea then. <laughs> but oh, we managed to find someone that did have a... And we, so that, it worked out. We, right. we kept it running here for about 18 months. and then decided, On charter? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, and then got rid of it. All right, so you're over in the States. Mm. You're flying, or you're actually using that aircraft for charter, and you personally are starting now to get involved in aviation as your full-time career, yeah, correct? which was the original thing that I wanted to do. Right. So I do consider myself rather lucky. Excellent. Having a bite at the same cherry twice. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So lead me through that. What? Uh, where did you go to work? What'd you do? Uh, first, <laughs> yeah, the shock of the, the instructor pay. We could talk about instructor. Oh, pay. please do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I made a joke on the last podcast about my second year pay at Mace Airlines. So when I couldn't well, be worse than that. Going back to the the school I was involved with in the UK. All our guys were on a salary. We have a two-year deal. What? You're on a salary. Yeah. <laughs> what? Salary? Two-year deal? Yeah. We, you, we knew that everyone's hours building because yeah. that's what they wanted to right. do. But, but which, you, which you and I both agree is what needs to happen now. With the pilot shortage that's taking place, the old ways of doing business, pay per hour, you scrounge up your own clients, yeah. that's gone the way. Yeah. There's no way that's yeah. going to be able to work anymore. Nope. Nope. No. I mean, SkyWest offering bonuses to come work for them now. Who would have heard of that in the 90s? I mean, that wouldn't have happened. Just had a friend who just started with an airline, a small 
small uh, airline, no names, no patrol. But <clears throat> he'd only been there three months when he gets a phone call from another <laughs> Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. The poaching that I think is going to take place, it's too. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it, it's great. It's great for pilots. Yes. Yeah. It's a We've great time to be into the industry. Great pilots time. have taken a lot of crap for them. Yes. Uh, You've got guys now, too, coming out of the gate, 1,500 hours ATP, making 100 grand a year. Because they have to yeah. in order to hold them. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. So anyway, in That's the UK, two-year deal, salary salary, salary, uh, small flight pay. All right. All right. So there was, there was a little fluctuation, but basically, you could live, uh, you could live with, with a family, on the money we paid. That's wonderful. All right. That's wonderful. And, and do the th and what you dreamed about doing. Yeah. And um, so when I went to my first, my first job here, and was told, well. The starting pay is uh, twelve forty-five. I'm thinking twelve hundred and forty-five dollars. Oh, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an yeah. hour. Oh, twelve dollars and forty-five cents. You missed that one. That's pre-tax. That's pre-tax. Oh, yeah, but uh, what do you got to do? Yes, I loved it. Yep. Oh. Where, where were you instructing? That? So that was Sea Winds. I worked for Sea Winds. Yep, yep. Sea Winds, and mm -hmm. uh, and then. Um, that was here at Palomar. Right, right. And then Pat was going to open up in Oceanside. Uh -huh. And so uh, myself and another instructor, famous old pilot, Lowell Williams. I remember him. Yeah, yeah he's wonderful. Yeah, wonderful so fellow. Pat sent us over to Oceanside with uh, a book of invoices, yeah. uh, 1-152. Uh, no clients. Right. And we sat there. And a month later, we had 27 clients between oh, us. That's wonderful. Right. That's wonderful. Lowell yeah. was kind of the, the aerobatic slash tailwheel expert, oh, right? Yes. Been yes. doing it forever. Doing it I think forever. I may have been checked out in a tailwheel by him uh, way back in the, more in the day. More than likely. More than likely. He was kind of the go-to guy. Oh, yeah. I yeah. learned so much from that guy. He's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and a sad loss, but. Yes. Indeed. Um, so we, I was at Oceanside. Till '99, and then Pat did the pay increase. <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> Nature of the beast, isn't it? Nature of the Not beast. Today. That is the industry. <laughs> I learned you could be a flight instructor, and you could eat your house at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I still to this day actually enjoy Top Ramen, but there was a time when it was getting a little old. When the big treat was throwing a can of tuna in it, that was the big treat. That was the big oh, Friday adventure. Yeah, yeah. Was, Today's tuna day. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, you yeah. got to do it. You, you do. You do. I, I, I miss some of it. I'm not sure I missed the tuna. Yeah. So, um... So you were actually doing that for quite a while then. I don't yeah, think yeah, I realized that. Yeah, I did. That. A bit, I, did okay. uh, I, I, I got like about private commercial instrument private CFIs. Private commercial instrument CFIs. Right. Yeah. And um, it's amazing how much you learn doing that. It, you, you have no idea what you don't know unless you teach. It's amazing. I performed suicide intervention on enough times. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. Uh, Oh, God, I loved it. Yep. I really did. I really did. Well, I don't think we ever actually leave it, Brian. I mean, you we and I both, no. I mean, that's we turned out into our careers is teaching people how to fly our planes. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, in whatever capacity that yeah. is. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll always have one foot in that camp. Yep. But then Pat moved the operation back to, well, moved me back to here. Right. 
Palomar. Was he going to close the Oceanside operation? Yeah, well, the airport was the the airport. Uh, the community went very anti-airport. Um, I actually remember that. Yeah, yeah they put yeah. on a real good show to get rid of that. Thing. Oh, yeah, Santa Monica, where they won. Yeah, yeah, Whew, yeah. Jesus. Uh, so I joined forces with the ch- with a, uh, another pilot, Alan Cruz, who's an American. Uh, still with American, I think he is. Yes. Um, so he claimed. Pretty much formed um, the OAA, the Oceanside Airport Association, right. with, the, with a couple of others. And we fought four years. I mean, just to, yeah. to win that back. And we pretty much got it back by one vote on the council. And um, that was... That was also a great learning experience, is right. to see what goes on behind and who goes on behind the people who want to close airports. Yeah, Because yeah. it's a land grab. Well, the, as, as the politics exist yeah. in there, you, it, it is mind-numbing yeah. to people's agendas yeah. and how they're they're forwarding those agendas oh. into the aviation community. I mean, we deal with it here at Palomar all the time. I mean, the, the, the more that gets built up around this airport, you know, the more stronger they get the mm-hmm. power they have oh yeah even though they sign that disclosure it doesn't matter it doesn't, no, doesn't matter yeah excuse me when you bought the house did you not see the- <laughs> <laughs> well they had to sign off on it you know they had to sign off on the fact they knew there was airplane noise but yeah, yeah no I, sp- yeah. I, sp- I i i did one year uh, volunteer to join a committee with some other guys on the field to <clears throat> discuss the noise problem mm-hmm. here at palomar yeah with the opponents mm-hmm and I, who are voracious? Well, basically, well, I think one, was it one of them an airline pilot? There's some I heard some rumor about. Oh yes, that. one. Yeah, yeah. Really? One other wow. one was a senior engineer at Boeing. Excellent. That's and, that's wonderful. Um, uh, another one worked for one of the law enforcement agencies, and, and so so you know, real guys. Yeah. So, but you don't. It's, they don't want a conversation. No. No, they want to close the airport. Yeah. Yes. They want to increase their property value and close the airport. And I would say from their standpoint, I get it. I understand it. But to me, it's somewhat short-sighted in that when you're looking at a community like this too, the airport is incredibly important to that community. Oh and God. I don't think you realize it if you were to close it. Like they'll, I think they'll notice when they mow over Santa Monica, and they will, that will become a dirt patch and, and million-dollar homes. When that happens, there will be a loss that will never be recovered. And some will feel it and some will get it. Yep. Some will care. Yep. But I think that a loss of these airports and what you and I have experienced most of our lifetime by being around them, being at them, um, it, it's just a loss that you can never get back. No, especially here. I mean, this, this, this community right. and this part of Southern California, the role that Palomar plays. Yes. <gasps> God, the money that comes in and out. Yeah. The corporate jets now. Yesterday I was out there. We were we were taking off, and I, they're, they're now they're lined up. We got corporate jets lined up on the backside of six. You know, for nothing special. Yeah, nothing special. Right. So it's, sad part about it is for me <clears throat> going back to '99 when I came back to the airport here. Was it really was a community, and both <clears throat> we had airlines coming in yep. here. We had corporate jets. Yep, and you had. GA, right? Um, the trifecta. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. We had a cafe that the community came to. Yes. Not not necessarily aviation community. It's because it had good food. 
And, 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 and some talent that I believe there was, yeah, there was, was an that? odd hiring that was taking place there, Brian, and I can't put my finger on it, well, but it was a certain type of person that was hired to be a server there. Yes, it could be the, the manager at the time was an ex can't put, my, can't put my finger manager. on it. Anyways, it'll, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. Yeah, very, it, was, it made going to lunch very pleasurable. Oh, yeah. We've lost that. Yes. 9-11 took care of that, but it wasn't just 9-11. It was also the planning, people that were behind the planning right. work that was going to happen right. to the airport. So it's it sort of become inhospitable right. to non-aviation community, yes. which is sad. And it that is sad. makes it hard because then it really is a them and us. Right. Well, I think we're down to, what, one flight school now? And they're hanging on by their fingernails. Okay. But we did get, I mean, there is, you know, there's always a, a little bit of light in that tunnel and that I did see, you know, they got approval to extend the runway. I don't yeah. know how in the world they got that through. Now, it, I saw the timeline that it's going to take to do that. So time kills deals. I'm yeah. not sure they'll get to the fruition on that. Yeah. But but the fact that they were able to get to that point to be able to offer up an expansion, get it approved, and then actually get a timeline out of them. I was pretty impressed yeah, by that in this day a, and age. They've done a great job, brilliant job. And, and fingers crossed that it does. Yes. And the idea is to go across El Camino Real and put a bridge? Don't think they're going to have to. That was one of the plans. Okay. Just to extend the to El Camino Real. Got it. Right? Okay. Yeah, because you could go another, boy, what, five or 600 feet? Yeah, and you can put a couple of hundred feet on the other end. Got it. Okay. All right. So you would still have a displaced threshold, is my understanding. Mm -hmm. But for takeoff, you Brilliant. want to go out with a full fuel load. Yeah, because some of those globals and, and, and like, G650s can get to um, Asia from here yeah. on a full tank of gas, yeah. and they got another 1,000 feet. Yeah, or if they're going to China or something like yeah. that. They're, now they're, they're going, going off to, to Anchorage and then loading up there. and then Right, or down to San Diego, too. I've seen them do that oh, as well. Okay. Yeah, pop off of San Diego yeah. at 12 bucks a gallon. <laughs> But I don't think Qualcomm cares what their gas price is. <laughs> their shareholders do, but they don't care. You know, ga gas prices, wow. I just did this 6,000-mile journey in the biplane. Oh, we're going to get to that. Okay. Oh, we're going to get to that. Don't skip ahead. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> but gas prices. So I'm paying six-something for my Av gas for the old girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can get out into the Midwest and some, you know, you fill up and you say, what's the price on your gas? And they go, oh, it's 298 you just you want to move. You want to move. You do. Really? You, and you got it. Not only that. Well, here's my frustration. I know it took longer for you to get my gas than Long Beach did, and it came in on a ship in Long Beach, and I'm paying four dollars more gas. Somebody needs to explain I, that to I, me. I can't quite figure the economics of that. Out, other than oh, I get it. Other than someone's making a bunch of money. Off Everybody people. on the coast is nuts. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't want this to turn into a political round. We'll <laughs> no, be here no. all afternoon. <laughs> don't get me started. We'll be here all afternoon. So, so you you hmm. the the flight school then ended up hmm. moving back to Palomar. Yep. Okay. And but you you were still on? I was still on and but then I took started to take my lunch at that wonderful establishment that we were talking about. And as you remember, there was a big blue barn. Mm -hmm. I do. That. Uh, that housed uh, Barnstorming Adventures yes. owned by Kate Lister and Tom Harnish. Yep. And in there were two biplanes. Yes. Everybody, two travelers. Everybody saw that. And I used to sit up there having my, uh, my sandwich at lunchtime looking down in there and I'm thinking, God damn it. I could see the same two pilots sort of coming out there. The two biplanes, they had two Vargas that they did dogfights with. They had a Beach 18, they had a T6. These guys were jumping in and out of these different planes and dead. 
pretty cool gig, you know. <laughs> and I don't. You were intrigued. To say oh, the very well, least. Well, by, so there was something about biplanes. I've, that was as a kid. Right. That was. Oh just, yeah. So I used to. Is that what you mentioned? The airplane that you first took your flight in, and I didn't recognize the name of that. Okay, airplane. that was an Oster, but that was. Uh, Oster, I do believe, has a link into Taylorcraft. Okay. It looks, single wing? It's a single wing, high wing. It was used in the military a lot. Oster J6, if you call it. Um, yeah, look that up um, for me, would you? Uh, but over here, I think it was a Taylorcraft. Uh, looks like... Um, Pull up an image of that, would you? Just hit images there. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What, fabric? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, no, it was a complete string yeah. bag. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. It looks exactly like a Taylor Craft. Yeah. Um, like a cool-looking Taylor Craft, yeah. actually. Yeah. Oh, it looks like they've redone a bunch of them yeah. as well. Are there so, a lot over here in the U.S.? I haven't seen very many here no, in the those, U.S. No, those all have uh, uh, U.K. N numbers on them. Yeah. I shouldn't say N numbers. What is it? G number. G number. <laughs> <laughs> shows my shows my ignorance. <laughs> UK and number. Well done, Noel. Well done. Well done. I think we're done here. <laughs> but uh, so I I, uh, I plucked up courage one day. I saw this guy who was just cleaning one of the airplanes in the hangar. Because at that time you've got quite a bit of flight time under your belt. I was doing, you know, I was uh, I was doing thousand hours a year. Just that's <laughs> serious time. Yeah, that's nonstop. Yeah, that was yeah. fun. That was fun. Um, were you? I mean, in all honesty, though, too, yeah. were you getting a little burned out? Because I think we all yeah. went through that. Three years into it, I was kind of done for a while. I needed to That's take a break. That's about exactly where I was at that time. Yeah. And I, so, <coughs> uh, actually, with this time when I was talking about, I'd actually left Sea Winds and gone independent. Oh, okay. Yep. And so I had. I, because you had enough, I assume, of your own roster to keep you busy enough. I did. Yeah. And they and they paid more than twelve. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to give a piece to the <laughs> so man. So suddenly I found myself. That, okay, I can actually make a living doing this. Yeah. So, yeah. You have to fly a lot to make a living, but um, it wasn't the thousand hours that you flew for the school. Right. It was starting to bring it down to a more reasonable thing. But yeah, you. You'd... Excuse me, I got a cough. No, that's right. We don't edit here. Uh, it was. It was manageable, should right. we say that. Anyway, so I walked in the, one day and said to this guy, I said, hey. Uh, I'm Brian. And how? Do <laughs> and you, I would really like to do what you do. what do you have to do? <laughs> Who do I have to blow in here <laughs> to get this job? <laughs> and he says, well, you have to know the boss. Yeah. And I said, oh. I said, would that be you, sir? And he said, no, but I married her. Oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So I met the legendary Kate Lister and... Um, and yeah. that was the company Barnstormers. Barnstorming uh -huh. Aviation. And I, as far yeah. as I know, they're yeah. still in operation down at Montgomery. No, they are. She sold. They sold the company in 06. Ah, okay. And uh, it stayed here for a while <coughs> with the new owners, and then they took it down to Montgomery. Okay. When it moved to Montgomery, I, I left. Right. I didn't want to make that journey. Right. And they um, still have two airplanes that they do that as well? Well, they have one now. Okay. So they took five airplanes down to Montgomery, and they have one left. And... Uh, there's a story about that one aircraft and my aircraft, which we can come to later on. Too. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have any tailwheel time. This was her first question. How much tailwheel time have yeah. you got? And I said, oh, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> so she said, well, why don't you go and get some? 
Good, good choice. <laughs> yes. So I did. I went and got a tailwheel checkout in a Citabria. Because you knew the guy. I knew the guy. And I'd, I knew the guy and I'd met the, I'd, I'd met the boss, right? So yes. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, you, but you know who you could get the tailwheel checkout from. Yeah, from I'm Lowell. sure Lowell might help yeah, you yeah. So I did, yeah. I, I did some work with Lowell and, and uh, Vic Schneider and um, uh, started building my time up. And then uh, Kate said, when you've got 100 hours tailwheel, come, you know, come see me. That's a good But goal. in the meantime, you can still come... Uh, and you know, get used to to what we do here. Right. And handed me a broom. Nothing. I mean, literally that. handed me a broom. Yeah. And, and, and so for three months, I built tailwheel time up and swept the hangar. Ah, excellent, <laughs> excellent, excellent. And did less and less and less instructing because this was really what I, oh, I, yeah. I, what you wanted to be. So I got my and the rare opportunity to do something like that too. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, that's unbelievable. And and to be trusted to go and because after I got my hundred hours of tailwheel time. Then you have to get time on tight because it's yeah. this big difference between a Travel Air 4000 and a Citarbio. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and she allowed me to do that. Wonderful. And so... Um, and if I recall correctly, you folks, when you left here, had a zero accident rate, correct? Yep. Yeah, that's wonderful. Nada. That's that unbelievable. Was, uh, that safety was the biggest, biggest, biggest concern. Um, stripping engines down a, a thousand hours regardless of the... the oh, team. really? Every, oh, Every wow. thousand hours, those engines came off. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and uh, I mean, mandatory pre-flighting. If Kate ever saw you short change in something or just, she knew she should just take a look. At it. <laughs> you didn't do it. Trust me. You, didn't, you did not want to get on the wrong side of that woman. That's excellent. Um, <clears throat> and it was going gangbusters there for a while. Oh, if I big, recall. Biggest, Every weekend. The biggest rides company in, in the US at the yeah, time. Nonstop, if I remember correctly, on the weekend. And as too. a pilot, it was great. You'd turn up in the morning. Uh, you might jump in the biplane and do a 30-minute, 40-minute, 60-minute ride, jump out, <clears throat> jump into a flight suit, jump into the Varga, go off and do a dogfight. Threaten the best of three, <laughs> yank and bank. Mm. Uh, jump, come down, and then, oh, there's an aerobatic flight in the T6. You go and do that. How and, wonderful. Uh, How wonderful. Uh, mixed uh, all, all day long. That's, yeah. that's just the way it was. It was incredible. It's like an old World War II, uh, World War II base. It was that. Well, there was, <laughs> well we, if you saw that, if you remember the hangar, Janine actually decorated the hangar. We had it all in blue sky and white. Puffy clouds and there was parachutes hanging from the ceiling and then neat. It was it was it was a great experience. Great people, authentic uh, and as well. all pre nine eleven. Yeah, you know at the time. So it's just a um, lot of fun. But without a doubt, the best pilot job that was oh, for, yeah. for me because oh, yeah. that's I mean I, I I landed in heaven. Yeah. Especially as a general aviation lover, you, you can't ask for something better than that. No. You know, especially the history that, that all, all that went along with. Oh. And then the type of clients that you get, too, wide-eyed and just absolutely enamored with whatever you're going to do today, whether it's the aerobatics, dogfighting, mm -hmm. or the scenic flights. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. How mm -hmm. long did you do that for, then, before they left? Uh, they left in 06. Uh, I stayed on for about six months. And then when I was... 59, I think it was, I came to a company called Flight Crew Systems. I believe that I know that company. Uh, I believe I, I know that company. I can't remember. But so Flight yeah. Crew Systems is the parent company to Loft, which is the office that you're sitting in now. Yes. That's right. So how is it, because I could not, for the life of me, I was trying to rack my brain how it is that you came to work for Loft, how it is that you found out about us. Was it that you came to want to get a type rating? Yeah. 
That's what it was. All right. Is it my first fi- my 500 type rating? In the aircraft? Because we didn't have the sim at that point. No, there was Delta, Delta, and the other one, the, the old King one. What was the... Oh, I know. 6.9 X-ray whiskey. There you go. Yeah, 6.9 X-ray whiskey. The old, old straight 500s. I, I don't think either I, one of those airplanes even exist I, I anymore. I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, they've got to be parted so. out by now. Each one of them, I think, when you and I were flying mm-hmm. them, had 30,000 hours on oh, them. Oh, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> 3,300 hours on each engine. So, I, so, so you wanted to get a jet typewriting. I wanted to get a jet typewriting because uh, Barnstormers had gone away, and I I didn't really want to go back to sitting and to, to doing a 152 work again, right. which I could have done. What about charter? I assume that you thought about that I as well, because there were several charter companies here on the field. Yeah, I didn't really have... So when I got that type rating from you guys, I um, put out my resume. Oh, so that was actually your intent, yeah. was to get uh, the type I, I and see what well, you can do. I throw the type rating got it. out there okay. and see what happens. Yeah. And um, for about three months, nothing. And, um, or you turn up, you would actually get an interview and you turn up, walk in the door and there's a 60 year old guy walking in through the door. And oh, you yeah. basically didn't about turn and walked out the other. Good old retired <laughs> you went, airline you went, you went yeah. in one door and came out of the other one. It's like, oh, it didn't go too well. Um, and then I get a call from JetSource one day. And they're looking for um, an FO. Right. And JetSource was, it used to be cinema, then it became JetSource, yes. and then they actually had a charter department for a while, yep. not, not any longer. Yeah. It's been bought up by Atlantic. But mm. Yeah. So that's who called you, was and the charter who, side. The charter side called me. They were actually looking for an older FO to go with an older. How dare they, Brian? How dare <laughs> an, they? Old, no, ageism <laughs> sometimes can work for you. <laughs> They just didn't want you leaving. <laughs> we look. We have the same philosophy here. <laughs> I don't need so, you leaving. So we, um, I did. The, I, I I went there and I had a great year. So I was actually only there one year, on a Westwind. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the Westwind. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And the owner took the aircraft away, and turned around to us and said, "If you'd like to come with." We're going up to John Wayne. Right. And so we did. Um, so you followed the airplane of John Wayne? Yeah, I'd actually I'd actually told JetSource I was going to leave in in the September. It was a, a my year with them was actually a calendar year. Mm-hmm. And um uh, uh we were being used an awful lot at that time. And there were there were some personal reasons that I I spending far too much time away right on the road as, right. as you do i mean mm-hmm. charter is brutal it's <laughs> brutal it's brutal yeah pack for a three-day trip come home 17 days later you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um that may not be for too much longer but no but it was but yeah. it was back then yes it was a grind it was uh, and <clears throat> so when the when the owner took the airplane away he you know, he he had no intention of doing one thirty five, and he was only going to fly once or twice a month. Wonderful! That's a ninety one unicorn gig. Yep. So that's what I went and did. Brilliant. Um, but it also left me with a lot of time on my hands, and that's when you and I started getting together. Excellent. And, um, yep. You came as an instructor in the jet. Yep. Yep. With yep. your background was yep. wonderful. Yep. Clients adored you. Yep. Georgia, you were directly responsible for helping us put together our materials, mm-hmm. getting all that out to mm-hmm. the FAA, because that was a process. We, oh, we transitioned NHP, from remember? that. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Because we, at that point, too, we were transitioning from an in-aircraft yep. company, which the insurance companies were just putting their foot down. You could Writing was on the wall. We were done. 
So we had to transition into a simulator company. And boy, I tell you, the process of that was absolutely eye-watering. I mean, I, I holy moly, mm-hmm. trying to get a 142 certificate together. And you did it twice, yes. if I recall correctly. Yes, yes, yes. I was yes. sorry to lose you, but you got to go. You got to go. Money talks. I mean, that's a fact. Broke my heart to see you go. I, I, I was very sad. I was very sad to go. You just uh, thought we were going to go out of business. I know. No. And look who's no, left standing. I, I, to be absolutely <laughs> honest, I was, I was, I was offered. <laughs> Wait, no, let's put it this way. In all fairness, you literally wrote down the number on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and said, you're not going to match this. And I went, you're right. Go, <laughs> go. You have to go do this, Brian. <laughs> and you're the only one I lost. I didn't, I didn't actually want to lose. But when I saw that number, I said, yep, you're, yeah, you yeah. got to go. Yeah, you no, got to go. Was, um... <laughs> so you, uh, you left Loft and then you went over to, at, at that time, which was ProFlight, owned Pro by Flight. Caleb Taylor. Yep. They were doing the same thing we were doing, which was kind of transitioning out of that smaller world into the larger 142 side. At that mm-hmm. time, Loft had achieved their 142 certificate first in San Diego, mm-hmm. uh, first one ever in Southern California. Yep. And then ProFlight followed shortly there behind with their CJ3 sim. We mm-hmm. had a CJ1, they had a CJ3. Um, and uh, you went to work for them. Yep. And essentially doing the same thing you did with us, which mm-hmm. was helping to get to that finish line on the 142 side. Yep. And yep. they were successful in that as well. They had more money than we did, which is why you had to go. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it. D- tell me a little bit about the process, if you don't mind, because I, I know that. Um, and, I, and again, I don't know what you can or can't talk about. But with with ProFlight initially, they were just like us. They were a small fret- fledgling company, minimal amount of budget, um, trying to accomplish something in a very dark, large sea with huge players. CAE Flight Safety, best of the best, just you know, hundreds of simulators and killing it. And here we are with our one simulators trying to break into that market. Um, what was it like for you to enter right at the time when ProFlight is really doing that final push to get it done? Um, what was it like for you to be a part of that process? Because oh. that's probably more clear in your mind as, as <coughs> and more intense. Well, it was incredible. They, they had a vision, and that, and that was one of the things that attracted me. Paul Hunter was Caleb's partner. Right. Of the Hunter, uh, Hunter sprinkler in, systems, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, he was ex-military, uh, 135, one, a 130, C-130 guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I did not know uh, that. And he was a 737 guy for, God, who? Eastern or Western? I can't remember which one now. They went oh, out. Oh, so he was an airline pilot. He got furloughed in the 70s. Oh, okay. Anyway, then he had his success with, uh, with his. He made a good business. choice. He certainly did. He certainly did. <laughs> There's so, quite a few of those folks out there that left aviation and did a lot better. His vision, though, was that you know, he, so he finds himself at flight safety, doing a five two five rating, mm-hmm. and because well, he had bought that airplane, correct? He bought a two. Yeah, I think it was okay. a two. Two might have been a two plus two. No two, um, and not doing well. Oh, struggling at the program. Struggling right, at the program. Right, right, right. Uh, well, because that program, it, I don't know, I can't speak uh, now, but for a long time, flight safety was notorious for training the professional pilot to perfection. Yeah. But an owner-operator that may need a teensy bit more effort, that might be trouble. Yeah, but yeah. even with his background, which was essentially airline as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So very frust- very frustrating for him. So then he, he pulled off the course, didn't finish it. Um, 
came back and he had originally owned a, a, a conquest and this is the time. Oh, that's how I knew I Caleb. I, I, right. I think Caleb's okay with me telling this. So Caleb and Candice Covington also owned conquest. Mm-hmm. And so that was the tie-in. Sure. There. And and for those who don't know, ProFlight started off by doing conquest training. Best in the world, by far. He, okay. Time and time again, always the best. Caleb was the go-to guy. Mm-hmm. Still is. Still is when it, when it comes to that. His knowledge of that airplane is phenomenal. Scary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anybody that can describe that prop is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic. Yeah. It is magic. So he, took, he and Candice went back. And Candice became his partner on the sim partner for his second go mm-hmm. around on the 525 rating. And, and uh, she spotted immediately what was wrong with that. He'd come from steam gauges. Mm-hmm. And no one was really That's a huge difference. Pro-line. Yeah. Uh, the attitude indicator goes the wrong way. <laughs> Well, it's just that, and, and, and this is my story. And, and God, you and I flew together. You must have seen that. Too. You knew, that was new technology. Yeah. You're teaching an old elephant here. Yeah. You know, give me half a dozen round dials, and I'll, I'll yeah. take you anywhere. Well, it, it's hard for your brain to process that information. That yeah. the the altitude alone is nothing like you've ever seen. Yeah. You know, it's a strip gauge. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Paul said, you know, there's got to be another way of training this. Because there's, there's a lot of pole hunters, I mean, in, in pilots mm-hmm. um, um, coming from old stuff to new stuff. And so we're, we're going to put a year on this. So we're talking, uh, what, this is 2011 for him, 2010. And um, so he came up with, <coughs> with a, 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 another device. He and Caleb got together, Caleb with his genius for all things uh, to do with education and training, uh, a device whereby <clears throat> it wasn't just touchscreens. You, know, uh, you, you needed to go in a, in a device that wasn't going to cost you $2,000 an hour, that you could practice in, that you could uh, spend time in, that wasn't going to affect your course. Mm-hmm. It was only being... A, but that device had to have a lot of tactile stuff sure and you know, looking for a hot spot on a screen there's not a way to uh, yeah that that's just another part of that i'm gonna minute i'm gonna yeah. stop what i'm doing find the damn hot spot right so it's great technology but it is a little counterproductive yeah. to, so to he, learning he, they, they built they devised and built a training device where it had everything um that you needed tactile the whole console Anything that was round mm-hmm. was there. The, the DCPs and the, and the were, were all real. Right. Right? The things you could have as a touchscreen was anything that just went in and out or left and right. So switches, that, that was fine to make that a touchscreen right. because you just touch it and it went mm-hmm. one way. Uh, but heading, altitude, course, DCPs, radios, RTUs, all... They were all real, mm-hmm. and the pro line was real. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, and then to add on top of that, put control loading in it, right? Proper control loading in it, so it, it, you you really felt that you were flying something. Yeah. We had X plane on the screen. Excellent. Yeah. It was a simulator. <laughs> Some honest to god simulator. Caleb yeah. said, "Why, why are we spending a million dollars on a visual when X plane <laughs> <laughs> works perfect?" Yeah, and that's what they cost. Yeah, has a million bucks. So yeah. that's so that was. 
that was a vision that Paul brought in, and with Caleb, who you know was part of that, and Candice, uh, there, there was there was this. There was a, a team that everybody was really excited because yep. we were doing something that no one right. else was doing. Right, and so you actually got that quickly into a CJ3 built by Alpinicus at the mm-hmm. time, uh, mm-hmm. and I think you guys actually built two of those things. Yeah. And quickly then thereafter became a 142 flight school specializing in exactly what we do here, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is pro, uh, pro pilots, owner operators, you know, people that want type ratings, initial and recurrence in the 525. And if I recall correctly, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, um, the Opinicus being the manufacturer of that device, just like with us, we have our manufacturer, ASC, who is integral to our operation. Opinicus got purchased by True, or mm-hmm. essentially uh, Textron. Textron. And because of that, ProFlight then got swallowed up as well under the 142 side of it, mm-hmm. and they turned that into True. Mm-hmm. Yep. Big, huge, gigantic company, and yep. which is doing amazing things now with all of the brilliance of it that everybody strives for is that manufacturer attached to simulator construction, attached to training. That trifecta of the business model yep. that is proven. Berkshire Hathaway proved it with flight safety. CAE is, you know, astonishing in doing the exact same thing, but that trifecta of training in the aviation environment, especially GA, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to take that sovereign, build a sim, and then train the sovereign pilots all under the same umbrella is absolutely brilliant. Not only that, too, who's going to know the sovereign better than Cessna is? Yeah. You know, so that's... And all that knowledge from Wichita. Right. All those test pilots and... The whole right. team down there. Yes. No, no. Now Caleb stepped away because, as an owner of Pro Flight, he was say la vie. You know, that's you. I've I've seen that a thousand times. Mm-hmm. I think it would be difficult for me to do the same thing, mm-hmm. which is to stay on much longer after somebody comes in and, yeah. and buys you. So um, he filled out his contract, mm-hmm. uh, hit the beach, yeah. and but you stayed on. I stayed on for another year. And in what uh, you were pretty high up the food chain. What were you? I, well, I. My, I was the training center manager right. for them, but I be- became the training center manager a couple of years before. Oh, okay. Yeah. For, so, um, That's a big plateful, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> so That's a big it was plateful. originally... So you were a director. TCM was originally Candice. Um, uh, then Paul Hunter became the TCM when Candice moved. Candice left. Well, when you say TC, you got to be careful because oh, the training TC- course program managers for yeah. FAA, right? Yeah, so yeah. TCM. <laughs> That's a completely different creature. TCM. <laughs> TCM. Yeah, got it. Okay. TCM. <laughs> you threw a P Probably in been, there. I've That's been a big gone a year. Yes. Yeah, all, those, all those acronyms are still rolling around in your brain. It's like, uh. Yeah. Training um, course program manager is essentially the FAA oversight for he, our certificate. He most certainly is. Yes, yes and they are certainly. they are very oversighty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that a word? That is their job. That's, that's, that's oversighty. Yes, yeah. a real word. <laughs> but I like it though. I, I actually enjoy yeah. it because what what it gives to us is instant credibility, in that everybody, including the insurance companies, knowing that the FAA and us are married at the hip, yeah. and I can't do a thing without the FAA watching, questioning, mm-hmm. and advising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that carries a lot of cachet with it as well, and I way prefer that as opposed to just be sitting off in space, you know, operating independently from the, oh, the FAA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm preaching the choir on that one. Yeah, no. It's, it's, so uh, your duties as that um, um, head cheese there at the training center yeah. was what? Hire, hire the team. Okay. That was, my, was you know, one of the, Paul said, bring me in a training team. Find me a training All the way team. from a secretary to the, the, uh, the instructors. Yeah, because ProFlight was the, the, the core team, some of whom are still there. Um was built for Caleb's pro flight company. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, we needed we needed to, 
to get a bigger team. So yes, uh, but would... it's very difficult too because what I think Caleb and, and and Loft both shared in common was trying to get that talent and then hold on to it with oh. death grip because it is very difficult to find. It's not hard to find a great pilot. Mm. But boy, it is nearly impossible to find a great pilot and a great instructor at yeah. the same time. Those yeah. are two different creatures, yeah. and that's a hard find. Yeah, it was. Uh, <clears throat> we were lucky to find um, Tom Stackpole. He's just come out of the uh, out of the military. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Who is still there? He's still there. Mm-hmm. He took he took my place. He's the the TCM right now. And um, but I liked him because well, well he's a good guy, but uh, his training originally helicopters but he did an awful lot of training in king airs and he did a lot of long distance flying in king airs apart right. from his tours in afghanistan and iraq and stuff um so he brought a lot to the table he brought an awful yeah. lot to the table very important and um so he was kind of your go-to guy while you were still there yeah mm-hmm. yeah he was the, he was he was our first hire brilliant um and then uh it took about a year to get that you know that training team together but we, we Handpicked each one, right. uh, and Paul understood you had to pay for that talent mm-hmm. sometimes. Yes, so we had to. We come. know that as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, it's different if you, I guess, if you're a flight safety and you've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of jobs. I can't fathom that. You know? I can't <laughs> fathom that. I mean, they've probably what they've got thirty or forty yeah. program managers and yeah, just in yeah. in house. But we, I knew we were going to be, you know, a boutique company like Loft. Uh, and, and I have to remember, no, you were a competitor. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yes and no. It really, no, I mean, no, I, no, I, I mean, from instructor point of view. Oh, no, no, yeah. Oh, we, cabot- oh, oh, we sabotaged each other no, left no. and right. Oh, I would throw a grenade if I possible. Oh, I'd steal whoever I could. It was great. Oh, Wonderful. Yeah. Lewis Wonderful. and Joey, I, that mother... <laughs> That little shit. I swear to God, I created that guy. <laughs> I think he was, if I recall correctly, too, and we're talking about uh, Joe Maniscalco, yeah. he he became a TC in the quickest time I've ever seen it. Yeah. Without, the smartest guy I've ever met in my life. Just, I hated I, losing I've him, too. I've never seen a duck take to water as quick as he yeah. took to that. You two were big losses. Yeah. Everybody else, not a problem. You can have him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, so that was it. But yes, it wasn't just... The instructor pool it was right. setting up at the backup and the compliance department and all of that. Yes, stuff. and our interactions with yeah. the FAA, as I just said too, are are nonstop. Yeah, they um, you know, their their observation of our certificates is far more than a one thirty five side. I mean, yeah. it's it's I'd, I'd say easily twice, maybe three times as much mm-hmm. um, observation and inclusion. You know, they're just they're just there to, to monitor. I actually personally like it, but it is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no question about oh. it. It's it's constant. As we've both learned too, you know, we're constantly changing our certificate and applying for deviations and trying to get different types of training environments mm-hmm. approved. The curriculum being approved, it goes back and forth multiple times. Um, it, then you folks too, with the new addition, when that money came in from uh, Textron, now you've got several more programs that lit off. Um, and that seemed to be when you left. <laughs> well, we opened Tampa. We opened when, Tampa. When the stacks of paperwork got <laughs> so big that you were like, wait a minute, what am I doing this for? <laughs> I'm just guessing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. Put it this way. It was a bit like why I left uh, the music industry. It was um, uh, Janine, we woke up one morning and she said, I'm going to talk to you. She said, you're not happy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I said, does it show? And she says, yeah, what's the problem? And I said, but you're know, a trooper. You stay you know, in until, you know, yeah. yeah. I said, you know, this is, 
I'm not doing what it was that I wanted. But originally. you did, and, and you we went did. out and you yeah. bought Olive. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you, you, you had Olive for a little while, and you were yeah. doing fun flights here at Carlsbad. Yeah, yeah. Funflights.com. Yeah, funflights.com. Travel Air, open cockpit, biplane, scenic flights. Yeah. Yeah, Doesn't do. get any better. No. Nope. If you're looking for a present or a gift, I urge you to go. Mm. I urge you to Thank do it. You. It looks delightfully it's fun. Wonderful. How long have you been doing that? Well, I started Fun Flights. We started uh, in 2014. Right, because you were still at that point working for uh, yeah, True still, or ProFlight. Still working for, uh, yeah, it was true. It was now True, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, but so, we, but we got to talk a little bit about Olive. Oh yeah, Travel Air. Yeah, yeah. Yes, please yeah. by all means. The, the, you can give us the the encyclopedic version. The, the Wikipedia, the Wikipedia, the Wikipedia version. version. Okay, uh, Olive, as we call it, yeah. no, November nine eight seven to nineteen twenty nine. Travel Air four thousand. Beautiful. We're the twenty fifth owners. Completely uh, redone. Completely redone. Twenty fifth uh, owner, you uh, said. The twenty fifth owner in her entire lifetime. Brilliant. Uh, and um, and the reason we call her Olive is that the first owner, the first person that bought the airplane was none other than Oliver Parks of Parks Air College, mm -hmm. and. Um, uh, the I've got the bill of sale, and the notary public is Olive Miller. <laughs> of course, some people there's a lot of olives there. Yeah, but Olive Miller went on. She was a traveler, mm -hmm. married Walter Beach. Oh, that's wonderful. And it's the same Olive Miller. She was the CEO. Because there's three companies that got to, together to build that aircraft, right? Well, it was three guys really. It was Cessna, um, Clyde Cessna. Walter Beach and Lloyd Stewart. Right. Yeah, they right. didn't. They weren't together that long. Um, but they created that aircraft. They created that right. aircraft. Um, and there were quite a few of them made, if I recall correctly. Oh yeah, yeah. The four thousand was a very popular model. Not anymore, but there no. were originally. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's amazing history. We've got pretty much the logs of the the, the entire life of the aircraft. God, that's see, wonderful. See where it went. You're on. flying history. Oh yeah. This is, uh, people say to me, don't you get bored? You know, you're flying up and down God the coast. No. You know, no two flights <laughs> in a Travel Air 4000 as a pilot are the same. No two takeoffs are the same and no two yeah. landings are ever yeah. the same. Right? Yep. I, the, I see you fly by on the coast too, and it just just it flying through the air looks beautiful. Yeah. It looks like it's supposed to be there. It's, you know, you, you get... The, you get some sort of push pull out there, like a Cessna Skymaster is beating the air into submission. Yeah, this thing is not. It just, just goes by beautifully. Yeah, it's like the Harley of the sky. You know, yes. it's 80, eighty miles an hour, uphill, downhill, <laughs> sideways, whichever way you know. It's, it's eighteen hundred RPM and just leave it there, and she does the rest. You know? That's wonderful. And so, um, you do that on the weekends, or is it pretty much through the week? I'm available to do it whenever. I mean, um, it's it's a flying hobby. So yeah, weekends we try and we try and aim the flights towards the weekends. Sure. But uh, you know, here in Carlsbad we have uh, tourists. Yeah, you know, and the flower fields during the, the springtime oh, are huge. unbelievable. And right now the whale season's kicking up again. So, uh, yeah. so the whales from the air is they're just amazing. Yeah, you know? that's really neat. And so and there's a, quite a bit of history on your website too. It's and again, just mm -hmm. I'm going to keep plugging you here. It's no. funflights.com, based here at Carlsbad. Yeah. And scenic flights available scenic anytime. Flights available anytime, and uh, hatches, matches, and dispatches. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. I love it. Well, Brian, I can't mm. thank you enough for coming out and uh, chatting. I'd love to do it yeah. again if you're up mm -hmm. for it. You know, sure. I, I know we just touched on some subjects, okay. but uh, you know, if we keep everybody here too long, they start falling asleep on us. Well, it's all right. Good to see you, my friend. Okay. Good to Take see you. Care. You too, Noel.